Hopefully you guys didn't have to canoe or kayak in to, to campus this morning, but we're so glad that you're here on a, a rough and ugly, muggy, muggy kind of day. It says a lot about you guys, so welcome to LifePoint Church. Hey, we're kicking off a brand new series this morning on uh, relationships and marriage. We're calling it My Kind of Crazy. I think that's pretty accurate. I think we're all a little crazy. Amen? I think we're all a little crazy. So uh, the job is to try to find somebody who's crazy compliments the kind of crazy that we are, I think. I think God made us, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. Um, I, don't think we're, we, yeah, I don't think we're all psychopaths, but I think we all got a little bit of crazy in us. Because uh, God's got a sense of humor. He's got a sense of humor. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Um, he, he gives us things to remind us. Uh, of of his love for us and show us uh, the beauty of of his love through creation. Somebody said that's why he gives us teenagers, so we understand what it's like to have someone created in our image who denies our very existence sometimes. Um, God's got a way of using what we experience in life to teach us and show us another depth and give us another understanding of his love and his relationship that he desires to have with us. If you got your Bibles, open them up to the book of mark mark chapter 10 we're going to put the scripture up on the screen for you this morning in case you showed up without a bible or without a phone or anything to pull up the scripture on oh by the way all the notes for today's service are available on the Version bible app so you can open that up as well all the scriptures and notes are there for you uh trying to do our best to take care of you as a church family uh mark chapter what did we say mark chapter 10 but at the beginning of creation God made them male and female. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. Let all the parents with 20-something say amen. Yes, yes, yes. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united with his wife, and the two will become one flesh. One flesh. So they're no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. God created marriage. All right? The state of Georgia, the United States, this is not a man-made thing. This is, this is a God-established institution. Amen? God created marriage. God created marriage, big picture, so that through our relationship, we could reflect the relationship between God and his church. Big picture, that's what it's supposed to look like. Everything we say and we do is supposed to reflect God's relationship with his church but um we we uh we're not born looking for someone to marry we're born ready to play right we want to get dirty guys want to play with army men like I played with G.I. Joe's growing up I love G.I. Joe's man G.I. Joe's Transformers I play army if I didn't if I didn't have a, a gun because I broke it like a play gun we had sticks and we'd run through the woods and play army and all that then I graduated to video games how many of y'all know about Duck Hunt? You know about Duck Hunt? Don't talk to me about video games if you don't know the classics. Mario Brothers, Duck Hunt. Contra? Y'all remember Contra? Up, up, down, down, left, right. Y'all know that cheat code? Man, if you don't know the cheat code for Contra, you don't know video games. Um, that was my whole world until one day I woke up and my mind, like this part of my mind, just bing, came on. And a girl walked by. And I thought, hmm, 
I don't believe I've ever noticed that before. Video games are fun, but I think I need to get me one of them. You know what I mean? And then I notice, wow, girls are kind of pretty. They're not annoying. Wow, that one's pretty. That one's pretty. Oh my gosh, that one's pretty. Oh my Lord, they're all kind of pretty. And so you start chasing, like, it's a great awakening. We, we notice girls for the first time, you know. And for women, it's kind of the same way. Like we're playing with our dolls and we're playing, we're doing all the stuff we do as girls. Not that I would know, but I'm trying to relate with you a little bit here. Um, <laughs> I don't have a past that you don't know about, I promise you. Um, <laughs> do you know Pastor Josh used to be a girl? No, he did not used to be a girl. Um, he's just trying to have a girl moment with the ladies in the church this morning as best he can. So you remember what it was like, though, when you looked up and you realized that maybe all boys don't have cooties. Huh. He's kind of handsome. And guys switch from being cootie monsters to potential Prince Charmings, you know? Potential people that you could spend the rest of your life with. We all go through that. And we begin, we begin at some point formulating some kind of list of qualifications that we want the person that we marry to have. Do any of y'all ever do that? Like you had a punch list of qualities that you look for. It's good to have a list of qualities that uh, you want to look for in a person that, that you want to spend the rest of your life with. You need to know what you're looking for, because if you don't know what you're looking for, you'll settle for just about anything. And uh, so we create this list of things that we're, we're looking for in people. But the problem is that a lot of us approach finding a spouse like we would going shopping. You know what I mean? Like, like it's, it's kind of like a buyer's market. If you're out looking for a spouse, well, like it's a buyer's market in, a, in the real estate world right now. Early on, you go out and you look, well, we've got to find, i got to find a, a three-bedroom, two-bath kind of guy. Got to find that. My guy's got to have at least 3,000 square foot of space to, to, to romp around in. I, my, my, guy, my guy's got to have a big front yard. You know what I'm saying? Like we look for these things and have this list of qualifications, so we go shopping. And we try to find what we're looking for. We're trying to find somebody to meet those qualifications. And it looks completely different, I've noticed. Like, for people, like, before you're married, the list of stuff you look for is completely different. Like, after you're married, the stuff that you're hoping that you find in your spouse after marriage. Completely different. It's okay. It doesn't have to be quiet in here. Y'all can laugh a little bit. It's completely different. Like, when you're single, you look for stuff like, I'm looking for... A man who can be strong and sensitive at the same time. Like I'm looking for the kind of guy who can pull out a sword and fight battles for me and then hold my hand and walk on the beach under the stars. You know, that's a single kind of mindset. I'm looking for that. Um, I'm looking for a guy who can, who can provide and have fun, who's mature and knows how to be a kid at the same time, you know. But on the other side of it, if you're married, you're like, dear God, please give me someone that knows how to do dishes. <laughs> you know, it's, I thank you for the person that I'm married to, but if you could just help him be able to vacuum floors every once and again, it would, we just have a perfect marriage. It'd be awesome. Like, guys, on, on the single side, um, there's, there's this big list, this big, big list, but a lot of guys... Early on, before marriage, I mean, single guys are just thinking honeymoon for the most part. We're thinking honeymoon. You know, we're, we want a good-looking lady, and we think if we can find a girl 
who's good looking and not psycho and can be a little freaky in the bedroom, then that's a good qualification for a wife. That's, that's what we're looking for. And, you know, it's, I guess it, on the other side, it's not too different when you're married either. <laughs> we, we, we don't want our women to be crazy or psycho, and a little, bit, a little freaky in the bedroom is okay too. Um, amen? Guys, you know what I'm talking about. There's other things, too, though, that come into that character, quality, and traits that you look for. Um, but we, we all have this idea of the people that we want to be married to. But it becomes a buyer's market kind of thing. And we look at qualifications for what we want a person to have in order that they can give us what we feel like we need in a relationship. Am I telling the truth? That's the message that the world sends when you're looking for a spouse. When you begin to date and you, you move into the process of, of hopefully scouting out somebody that you want to spend the rest of your life with. Um, big problem with that, though. Because when we buy into that philosophy, then what we begin to do as individuals is we begin to change and tailor make ourselves into a, to, to try to fit into the mold of what we feel like society says that we should look like in order to be that person that somebody else is looking for. All right? That's why teenagers are just, they're just so lost during those development years of their life trying to figure out who they are because they're getting so many mixed messages on what they're supposed to be. They, they, have, they don't see a lot of consistency in who they should be as a person of God because God's idea of who we should be in relationships and in marriage is completely different from who the world says we should be in our relationship and marriage. Amen? Completely different. Completely different set of goals. Like if you look um, at the way that even the world markets stuff to men, they make women out to be just objects. Just sexual objects. Women represent something that will give something to a man. So... And you hear old school people saying, boy, if you can find you a wife out there who can cook, who can clean, who can do the dishes and all that stuff and give you a little bit of nookie time, you got you a good wife right there. You got you. I just said nookie in church. That's okay, right? Like, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to slowly break y'all in because when we get to the third week of this series and we start talking about romance and sex, look, I'm just telling you straight up, it's going to be PG-13. It's going to be good because I think a lot of Christians need a little bit of God-based PG-13 in their life when it comes to romance. All right? All right? I think we're just, we're too, we're, we, we just, we're, we're a little too tight. We're, we're, we're a little too, I don't want to say a holy mindset. And I, that's not a bad thing, but I think we're, we, we shy away from what God intended to be a beautiful part of marriage. Don't forget when God started this whole thing, he put Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden naked together. Nobody around. No jobs. All they had to do was eat fruit, name animals, and stuff like that, and just run around naked together. I think God's cool with stuff like that. Read the Song of Solomon. My, 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 my. Read, read Paul's writings when he talks about how it's not good for a man and a wife not to uh, be together. Um, it, it's good for them to be together. So that's all through Scripture. We're going to talk about that in a few weeks. But the women are, are objectified and how they're marketed to men. How many of y'all have ever seen a Hardee's commercial? If you've seen a Hardee's commercial, that's the world's mindset in marketing to men, because that's how a man's supposed to view a woman, as an object that's supposed to look good, that's supposed to give him something. I don't know what naked people and hamburgers have in common, 
But Hardy's was trying to push it really strong for a while, and every once and again, you'll see a commercial pop up, and it's like, <sighs> hair whipping, bikini clad. Here's my hamburger. Oh, <laughs> do you want fries with that? No, I don't want fries with that. I don't want fries with that. I don't want naked around my food at all, at all, at all, at all. I don't want naked anywhere around my food. Did you go to Hardee's? I, I would feel like I would need to get my, my hamburger tested for an STD before I ate it. And I'm not cool with that. That's too much work to have to eat. So, <laughs> um, it just, it just, uh, it's just how it is when they market women to men. Women, it's a completely different thing. Completely different thing. Now, I'm not saying that women aren't sexually driven, but they're not sexually driven like men are. So the world gets smart, and, and they try to market things to women. Um, and a man is supposed to represent something that kind of gives value to you, in a way, to make you feel wanted, to make you feel needed, to give some kind of emotional affirmation into your life and i'm not saying all women are like that and i do think that's a need that god put in us as people but the world completely extorts that i think and and tries to put the tries to put the way a woman operates in a box i mean look at hallmark movies how many ladies have ever watched a hallmark movie just be honest right how many men love watching hallmark movies there is not one hand, one hand in this whole room that went up. One hand, that's cool. Probably if we just got right down to it, you don't like Hallmark movies, you like watching Hallmark movies with your wife because she likes watching Hallmark movies. And that's okay. That's okay. Um, they, they, play, they play those little games. Like hey, All Hallmark movies, though, kind of have the same kind of theme through them. Like two-thirds of all Hallmark movies are just about the same, and then you got the Christmas movies. Over here. And women are laughing because you know, because it goes something like this. Here's a woman who's had a hard life, but she's got a good heart. She's got character. And here comes a stranger into town. And they cross paths. And this is the man who she thinks is great, but he's got a past. He's got a past that he's trying to get away from. And so she says, I can help you overcome that because I see the potential of who you can be. You don't see it yourself, Mr. Man, but I see it in you, and I can help pull it out of you. Is this ringing bells right now? This is a lot of hallmark in a box right here. I can, bring, I can help bring that out of you. And the guy says, I don't know. I don't know, but let's give it a try. I think I can be a better man. I think I can be a better man, and maybe you're the one to help me be a better man. And so he starts this journey, and you know what? He's still a bad guy about two-thirds of the way through the movie. Like, he tries, and he's good for a little bit, but then he just gives up. I can't be that man. I can't be that man you need me to be. I have to be me. I'm a bad guy. I've done bad things. I can't overcome my past. But I believe that you can do it. Let's go. Let's work together, and let's be a team. I believe in you. I can't do it. I can't. And then you got the twist, and he walks away. Oh. And then somewhere down the road, the light comes on in the movie, and he goes, you know what? Maybe she was right. I can be that person. I can be that person. I just got to be that person for myself. Here I go. 
And then the next thing you know, the final scene of the movie, I do want to be a better man. I knew you could be a better man. I want to be a better man, and I'm a better man now because you believed I could be a better man, and you didn't give up on me. Let's be better people together. Okay, let's do it. And then they walk off, and they're better people, and they love each other, and that's just great. That's Hallmark in a box right there. I just saved you hours. I just saved you hours. Saved you hours. That's how it's supposed to work, though. That's how it's supposed to work. And so, guys and gals begin to play this little game in relationships, especially through the dating process, um, where women figure out that if they can get a guy's attention, then maybe they can get his heart. Because they know that guys are really just after one thing. Because that's how guys are portrayed. Right? How guys are portrayed. So if I can get his attention, I can get his heart. So they'll dress a certain way, and even clothing stores, and they'll market clothes in a certain way. If you wear this, you look like this, you act like this, then you'll get his attention. You know? And, and, that's, and, and, and the girls buy into it. And so the guys, the guys buy into this thing where they give love and attention to get sex. And the ladies give sex to get love and attention. But it's a self-destructive process. It's a self-destructive process that never works out because you end up giving pieces of yourself away over and over and over again. And you go out there with a shopper's mindset and you try to find a spouse to complete you and to give you something that you feel like you need emotionally. But it doesn't work because a person's never going to be able to complete you. A person is never going to be able to complete you. It's just not. I told my wife, Kelly, she compliments me in every way possible. But she doesn't do anything to complete me. We can only be completed in Christ as a person. In Christ as a person. This is why so many people have problems during the, in their relationships because they go in looking to someone to give them something that they don't have themselves. And it doesn't work. How many of y'all have seen people that are just, they, they've been in a relationship whether they were dating or they were married, and they broke it off with the person, they broke up with them because they weren't getting their needs met? Yeah? Shut down the marriage because they're not meeting my needs. Well, man, I'm telling you, the relationship was probably doomed from the beginning because it was built on a faulty foundation. Because that's a worldly mindset where we feel like we need to get something from another person to complete who we are. And if we don't get it, hey, hey, I'm out. I'll go shopping somewhere else. The shopper's mindset. And there's a problem with that. Because I said it before, a person is never going to be able to fulfill you as a person or complete you as a person. You have to get that in your relationship with God. Amen? All right, there's a little principle that I want to cover with you this morning. Um, it's solid through relationships. And it's this right here. Uh, it takes one to be one. It takes one to be one. It takes one to be one. Or you could say it like this. It takes one in order for us to be one in a relationship. 
It takes one complete individual coming together with one complete individual in their relationship with Christ together to have unity as one the way God intended us to be. Make sense? the way it's supposed to be but we run into trouble there though uh, with relationships because we approach them the wrong way early on like i saw girls through going through high school who broke up with a guy like every other week it was crazy i went uh to to texas and um spent a lot of time around christian colleges oh my lord christian bible colleges where every man and every woman's sole purpose in being there is to find the person that god wants for them to marry that's just, that's just it right there, and they all hear from God. But it's funny, they hear from God on like 12 or 13, 15 different women or 12, 15 different guys while they're there. God's speaking. It's just crazy. We shop around, we shop around. I've got a puzzle here. How many of y'all love doing puzzles? I hate puzzles. Oh my gosh, I hate them. But Kelly loves them. Kelly loves these things. I hate them. I can't stand them. Kelly will take a puzzle... And sit at a little table in the corner of a room and work on it for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. And I'm like, how is your rear end not getting numb just sitting there doing that? But I guess I could do the same thing watching a movie. So it's like she does puzzles, I watch movies. She loves puzzles. I hate them. Kelly won't let me do puzzles with her anymore. Because I get impatient and sometimes I try to make puzzles fit in places like the pieces fit where they're not supposed to go. And I think you can just take them and put them there and bam. Make it. We're good. Kelly's like, ah, you've messed up the balance of puzzles in the world. You can't do that. So, so we, have, we have different mindsets when it comes to puzzles. Every puzzle is full of these itty-bitty little pieces, man. And if I take just one of them and get rid of it, then the puzzle's not complete now, is it? You don't have all the pieces. You don't have the puzzle. Some of y'all, I'm freaking out right now because y'all are so OCD you can't stand it. <laughs> There's puzzle pieces going everywhere. Here's another one. I'm helping y'all grow. There goes another puzzle piece this morning. Helping you grow this morning. Here goes another one. Way over there. Nothing. Puzzle pieces everywhere. You know, if you're not careful as you go through life, though, you have enough situations, face enough hardships, you go through enough breakups, you can lose a little bit of yourself along the way, can't you? You think they got the world figured out, and you're with the person you spend the rest of your life with until you find out they've been cheating on you and you lose a little bit of yourself. Or maybe you had a rough childhood and you didn't have a mother or a father that was there for you growing up like you should have had. Or maybe they were abusive to you and you lost a little bit of yourself somewhere along the way. Little pieces. <clears throat> little pieces here, little pieces there. Hurts disappointments, frustrations, getting emotionally compromised. Maybe you were abused sexually growing up. You lose a little bit of yourself when something like that happens. Right? Just lose pieces. 
a little bit here, a little bit there. We begin to lose a little bit of that beautiful picture that God created us to be as a person. Because we get beat up on my life. It takes a little bit. A little bit here, a little bit there. OCD people, you're good? All right, so we'll make sure. We trade off, though. Lose a little bit. In relationship with someone who emotionally just abuses you, you lose a little bit of yourself. along the way and when we lose pieces of ourselves a couple of things start to happen with us we begin to do a couple of things one you can always reach out to god for restoration but here's what people try to do usually um we look to other people or things to fill those areas usually that's why you see a man or a woman ripping through 10 15 30 people in dating relationships because they're trying to find someone to fill in those missing pieces that they have in their lives. And the second thing that we do is we, we try to hide what's missing so nobody can see it. We try to cover it up and pretend like everything's okay. So in the buyer's market, we put on a beautiful face sometimes. That's why guys, they get hoodwinked with women. Because women, look, y'all are good at this. Guys, sometimes we're just not smart enough to put on the mask and hide stuff. Like, we try to be tough, and that, that's about our go-to. Like, nothing really hurts us. Um, but women, you learn, you learn how to put on. Like, a woman can walk through here, fall down, get up, and just keep walking like she never missed a beat. Just got that poker face. I got this. Women can do that. That's why it's real confusing to, to men sometimes when you date a woman for a few months and you think, this is the best woman ever. And then suddenly she turns into crazy lady. And she, you're, like, you're like, hey, would you pass, the, would you pass the, the salt at the table? And she's like, yeah, here you go. At the salt. I'm crazy! And you're like, where did that come from? Well, she was covering it up, and she got to the point where she couldn't cover it up anymore. You can only cover up crazy for so long. You you can only cover up these issues that are created by these missing pieces in our lives that we give up. You can only cover them up for so long. Um, There's a problem with that, though. Because if we try to cover these things up, and we go into relationships with missing pieces in our life, then we can never have the kind of unity in relationship in a dating scenario, or we can never have the kind of unity and peace in our marriages that God wants us to have. Because God wants us to be one as we come into marriage, because it takes one to be one. Y'all with me so far? Ephesians is a great block of Scripture that we're going to be camping out in over the next few weeks. We're just going to be coming back to it from time to time. Ephesians 5. Um, I'm going to read you a little bit, and then we're going to break it down. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands. I love how that word own is in there. Submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. A lot of women don't like that. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. His body, which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives to submit to their husbands in everything. And the husbands are like, yeah, woman, submit. 
Dadgummit, the Bible says, submit, 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 submit. And then women say, well, I would if you probably worked a little bit better if you do your part too, because it says, husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with the water through the word, to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain, wrinkle, or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. Sir, you're supposed to love your wife. You're supposed to lead your household. You can't demand that your wife submit to you if you don't have what it takes to step up and lead your house spiritually. can't have it both ways. When we operate within our roles, then there's some unity that's happening. The same way husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body but the feed and care for their body, just as Christ does the church. For we are all members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. Our marriage is supposed to be a beautiful reflection of the relationship between Jesus and his church. Okay? When Jesus came to this world, he gave everything for us. Amen? Everything. Nailed to a cross, died for your sins, died for my sins. He gave everything for us. Christ died for us. Gave everything, all of himself to us. Scripture says that because he did that, we're supposed to give all of ourselves to him and submit ourselves to him because he loved us first. We love him because he loved us. We give all of ourselves to him because he gave all of himself to us. This is how it's supposed to work in marriage. We're supposed to give all of ourselves to our spouse as they give all of themselves to us. And the two together giving 100% of all that we are in this marriage submits to one another through love and reverence. And you've got a peace and a unity happening there that you just can't get out there in the world. When it's clicking like it's supposed to be clicking, marriage is a good thing. Amen? That's how it's supposed to happen. Um, the problem is that when you've got pieces missing from yourself, that you carry into relationships. There's gaps there. You can't give all of yourself to someone if you don't have all of yourself to give. Make sense? So you can't give what you don't have. You can't give what you don't have because it takes one to be one. It takes one to be one. You can't give trust in a relationship if you don't have trust to give. Pick up the phone and you call them off. Where are you at? What are you doing? What's going on? Are you, I knew it. Are you cheating? You're, you cheat. You're All because you lost trust years ago. Maybe because somebody cheated on you. Something happened in your life that caused somebody broke trust with you and it damaged you and you lost that little piece of yourself. And now you're going <clears throat> into new relationships and you don't have any trust to give. It's hard to be in a relationship with somebody that doesn't trust you, isn't it? Some of y'all know. It's hard to be in a relationship like that. It's like you're being controlled, like you're being watched all the time. There's no freedom in that. You, 
You can't give forgiveness in a relationship. You can't give forgiveness in your marriage if you don't have it to give. Make sense? Holding the same grudges over your spouse 5, 10, 15 years, some 20 years down the road because you just can't forgive the way that they hurt you when really it's not so much about how they hurt you here it's because you came into the relationship missing that part of you because something happened to you that damaged that piece and it's not there y'all with me can't give intimacy in marriage if you don't have it to give and it's not just because you may have been abused sexually growing up a lot of us make mistakes on the front end of marriage because we're just crazy just sexually active before we get married because a lot of us we lived a little bit of life before we came to know jesus amen right some of us have got a little bit of testimony a little bit of past and when we tell it we tell the pg version because if we told the full-blown rated r version of our testimony people would be like oh my gosh you're a freak you know we so we we water it down a little bit but if we give away ourselves in intimacy to people before we're married, there's a little bit of that piece, that, that puzzle piece is gone, and we don't have it to give fully to our spouse. Do you know that, um, that when you have sex, this is how awesome God is. This, is, this is, blows my mind how awesome God is. When you have sex with a person, okay, something happens, you, you got well. Something happens for sure when you're having sex with, <clears throat> when you're having sex, a whole lot of stuff starts to happen, and it's good when you're married. Um, but in your mind, mentally, chemicals start to begin to, to to release, and this little chemical called dopamine is released when you're intimate with a person. And the reason why, listen, dopamine. This is more addictive than heroin, and you carry that around in your body. When you're sexually intimate with somebody, that dopamine is released so that you can become emotionally addicted to the person that you're having sex with. That's how God designed you. Because God designed you to wait until you were married to have sex with somebody, right? So that you could become addicted to them emotionally. And so we carry with us sometimes in the relationships a lot of intimacy issues and we find ourselves comparing our wives to the freaky lady that we dated in high school why can't you be like freaky frida freaky frida was awesome why can't you do that because i don't want a trapeze bar in our bedroom that's why you know <laughs> try to carry things over and compare our spouse, the people that we've been with, should never be that way. Should never be that way. We're missing pieces. You can't give what you don't have. It takes one to be one. And you see this played out in the book of Genesis. This happens right off the bat in the first marriage in the book of Genesis. Um, Genesis uh, chapter 3. I won't read all of it to you, but these guys come in. They're in the garden, naked, eating fruit, having fun. And here comes Satan, who tempts Eve. And Adam and Eve eat the fruit, and they fall into sin. And some pieces were lost when that happened. 
in Genesis 3.6. Genesis 3.7, we see that they immediately begin to cover it up because they know something's missing. So they grab the fig leaves and they try to cover up what's happening and they hide in the bushes from the presence of God, thinking that it's going to fix it. But later on in Scripture, God comes in and he starts to, to question them. And he asks, hey, um, where are you guys at? Well, who, who told you to, if you ate the fruit, that you would get the knowledge of good and you would understand all this stuff? And he begins to question them. And Adam and Eve start to blame each other. Unity broken. Well, it's this woman's fault you gave me. She, she gave me the fruit right there, and Adam was full of it because Adam was right there because in Scripture it says that after Eve ate the fruit, she turned around and she gave it to Adam, who in all probability was watching this whole conversation happen between her and Satan. He didn't step up to be the covering he should have been. Now, guys, when we don't step up to be the protector and the head of the household like we should be, it's real easy for the devil to come in and cause division in the house. It's important that you be who God called you to be. But they lost the peace. They covered it up. And the unity was gone. Now, most of, most of the friction that you're going to face in your relationships is going to come because you aren't receiving what you perceive that you need from the person that you're with. They don't listen. They're not there for you. They don't spend time with whatever it is. These issues come Because we've got missing pieces in ourselves and in our lives that we haven't allowed God to restore and fulfill. And we're expecting someone else to do for us what only God can do. Okay? Now, if you listen to me, I'm going to save you a whole lot of headache in your dating relationships. And I'm going to save you a whole lot of headache in your marriage. and your I'm just going to save you a whole lot of headache. If you become one and allow God to restore you, as a husband and a wife, then all that friction, the majority of it, is going to go away. Because now you've got two people that are complete in God, serving one another the way that it's supposed to be. Make sense? Next week, I'm going to tell you, if you'll be here, we're going to talk about something that we can do from the Bible as husbands and wives that's going to kill 95% of any arguments or disagreements or fights that you're ever going to have or ever would have had. Sound good? How many of y'all would love to hear something like that? I'm going to give you something. It will kill 95% of it. It will knock out the majority of your disagreements, the majority of your fights, the majority of the problems and the frictions. We're going to talk about it, and it's going to build off of what we're talking about this morning because you've got to be one in order to be one. Now, I know this. I don't know a lot about puzzles, but I do know this. Because I've when you when you get these things, sometimes you get these things and you put them together and you got missing pieces. That's like the most frustrating and aggravating thing to take at the time to sit down and put together a puzzle, and then you got a piece missing. Sometimes they come straight out of the box and you got a piece missing. Ah, oh, that drives me insane. You know, sometimes you keep them, you throw them on a shelf, and you lose one from time to time, especially if you're married to somebody like me, because Kelly will be putting together a puzzle, and, and I'll go in, and I'll just take a piece out. 
and I'll go put it somewhere where only I know where it is, and I'll hide it, and I'll let her put that whole thing together and be one piece missing. But she's learned, though. She gets down there, there's one piece. She's like, Josh, where'd you put it? You know, so I give it to her before she kills me because I'm smart. Um, but I love picking on her. If, if I'm putting together a puzzle and there's a missing piece, you know what I do? All I have to do is take a picture of the puzzle that shows where the piece is missing, and I can send that picture to the manufacturer. And somehow they're smart enough to be able to look at that picture and send me the piece that's missing just off of a picture. Isn't that crazy? You know this morning, I got good news for you, because we serve a God who created you and who can restore the missing pieces in your life. He can restore the missing pieces in your life, your relationships, and the missing pieces of your marriage. He created you, and he designed you to be a beautiful picture. And you don't have to go through your life suffering in relationships because you're not coming in as a whole person or a complete person. Are you hearing me this morning? We can allow God to restore us, to heal us, and to complete us so that when we do come into those relationships, we can say that we're one because it takes one to be one. You're going to have friction. You're going to have disunity in your marriages and in your relationships until you become whole as a person. Amen? Bow your heads and close your eyes. Father, I thank you.